In this episode, I break down how to pitch your ideas and share your beliefs without offending anyone. How do you actually answer questions that are asked of you either in the boardroom, in the living room, in a podcast, or with friends, maybe about your life, your beliefs, or your business? How do you actually take and do the things that the best interview hosts do and the best guests do. How do the presidents of the world, the big influencers, the big celebrities, how are they able to answer questions on point almost every single time? Is there a strategy? Is there a framework? Are there tactics that you can utilize in your life and in your business so that you can be as strategic, as articulate, and as impactful as they are? And the answer is yes. And this episode will tell you exactly how. And it all starts right now. One thing is for certain. Just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this. Where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to. How to grow your business. How to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. Have you ever wondered how Gary Vaynerchuk answers any question that is ever asked of him? Have you ever wondered that? How does Gary Vaynerchuk answer any question that is ever asked of him? How does um, Tony Robbins answer any question that's ever asked of him? How do people answer almost any question that is ever asked of them? And I think this goes to the very heart of learning how to pitch your ideas and share your beliefs all without offending anybody. And I will tell you that this is a... uh, People often think that you are born with a skill like this, but I would tell you it is a learned skill. It is one of those that only comes with reps. This is not a skill that someone was born with. Some people are born with you know, innate athletic ability. Some people were born with innate ability, which is the gift of the gab. Some people are born with being a great artist, a painter, a writer, uh, or whatever, right? But... This, just because you have the raw skill of being able to speak or communicate your ideas, does not mean that you can pitch your ideas and share your beliefs without offending anyone. I actually think it's really hard to do, and this comes with time. So today I want to walk you through um, kind of my eight things that I wrote down on why why it is this way and how you can actually learn how to pitch your ideas and share your beliefs without offending anyone. So uh, let's answer this question first. How does Gary Vee able to answer any question? How? And I want to break that down today and that's good to think about, right? There's There's a single reason for that. And I will tell you the single reason. And that is he has spent his entire career all answering questions. Like if you go back... 10 plus years looking at what Gary Vaynerchuk did, he just answered questions. He took Q&A from the audience. I've been in Gary Vaynerchuk's keynotes and literally he'll show up. He'll say, this is what he'll say. Hey, I want to share my views of the world for a few minutes and then I'll take Q&A because that's the best way. So go ahead and line up in the mics right now. Literally, that's his entire pitch. And if you notice, there's something powerful there. He'll talk about what's live right now. 
Uh, he'll spend about a few minutes doing that. And then that sets the stage for Q&A being asked of the audience. He'll make it really relevant. And then all the Q&A that's being asked from the audience, which is, hey, Gary, my name is Sharon. I have a question regarding blah, blah, blah. And then Gary will answer that question. The videographer will capture that. And that literally becomes content. If you've noticed, that's Gary's model. He go get, think about this for a second. He'll go get paid to speak, right? So he gets paid to speak and show up. He'll do a little pontification of what the world he thinks is like. He'll pitch whatever he wants and then he'll do Q&A and literally he'll get content for the rest of the month from his Q&A. Literally, that's how Gary built his brand because he was so busy, he used his paid time to create content that he, that he, that he published for free, which is amazing if you think about it, right? And when you do so much content creation from a Q&A perspective, you get really good at pitching and answering questions on demand. He never has to go, uh, he never has to take two or take three. Just like I'm not comparing myself at all, but I know people, like if you ask me a question, I don't need a take two or take three. In fact, my take two and my take three will be significantly worse than my take one because it's not totally dialed in uh, and I have time to think about take two and take three. And I'm like, whoa, that first one was really good. So. Uh, I want you, I'm going to give you exercise right here. I want you to uh, get better at this muscle. So I'm going to give you this exercise called uh, pretend you're with Conan. All right. Pretend you're with Conan. One of my favorite late nights hosts is Conan O'Brien. Doesn't matter if you like him or not. He's one of my favorite late night hosts. I think he's hilarious. Um, and he, I think he's cool. I, I have hair like him, <laughs> whatever, you know, uh, but I like Conan because he asks fascinating questions of his guests, just like Larry King does or did, ask fascinating questions of his guests. And let me tell you how I watch Conan, right? I literally will be watching Conan on a replay. And then as soon as, say, say Conan has Will Smith on for a second, right? And Conan is asking Will Smith or J.K. Rowling or Barack Obama or George W. Bush or whatever, he's asking them questions. As soon as he asks a question such as, Hey, so what do you think about the state of the economy? What do you think about what's happening with the COVID-19 vaccine? Literally, when Conan asks that question, here's what I will do. I'll just pause. I'll pause Conan's question, and then I answer it. Just that I answer Conan's question that he asked the celebrity on stage. I am literally taking Conan's question and answering it while I'm sitting on the couch live. Now, sometimes if my, if my family's with me, I'll pause it. I'll think of the answer really quickly. I'll say it in my head. I'll move on. Uh, but what it allows me to do is it allows me to respond to stuff very, very quickly, right? So it's not like I have to wait for someone to ask me that question in the future. I am literally seeing a live Q&A happening. I'm putting myself in the zone of the live Q&A and I'm answering that question live. And then I hit pause and I see how the head of state or someone cool answers it. And if I like their answer or their format or their story or whatever, now I have a paradigm where I can say, ah, my view and whatever, Will Smith's view on this topic is similar. Uh, here's my language, but Will used a great story. Let me use that story in the next time I answer a question like that. Now I give myself a container for being able to take that experience and actually put it into it. Now I will never forget when someone asks me that question, I have a really tight, really great answer, which is not which is not scammy in any way, right? That's what's really important when it comes to answering questions. Now. Then to take this to the next level, what I want to share with you is you want to fall in love with interview shows. Uh, a lot of times when I listen to interview podcasts, interview shows, late night TV, what I'm looking for is not what 
the guest is going to say. I'm looking for what the host is going to ask, right? And my job is to constantly pause and answer the question. So when even when I'm on driving on a long drive and I'm listening to an interview show on a podcast or whatever, on even on radio, Howard Stern, doesn't matter. I'll hit pause right, or I'll, I'll just hit pause right away when I hear a question or I think a question is cool. Sometimes all the questions don't apply to you, but on a question school, I'll pause and I'll think about it. And then I'll literally answer the question live in the car. One of the things that I do from a, from a practice perspective or used to do significantly, I don't do that much anymore, is I'm going on long drives. I'll listen to talk radio. And as the question is asked, I'll actually, am, I'll, I'll turn the volume down because I can't pause and I'll just answer the question and then I'll turn the volume back up, get to the next, I might miss it, get to the next part of the question, turn the volume down, answer the question. Literally, I'm using the host's questions as a way for me to practice what I call my verbal dexterity, right? Very, very important because now I get a real diversity of questions that is being uh, posed to me and I can actually answer that and work through that in a very cool way, all right? So fall in love with interview shows because the question, answer, compare method, question, is being asked, you answer it, go back, hit play, listen to what the other person says, compare it. And then it takes the boredom away from just listening to uh, interview shows. And then it's also not like, oh, that was, you know, you're like, that was an interesting interview. Like most people rate the quality of an interview based on how interesting the interview was or what the interviewers, uh, inner guests actually said. To me, I'm just like, I could get asked all those questions in the future. Why don't I practice those right now live when someone else is being asked this question and I'm not on stage? Why should I wait to be on stage to actually answer those questions? Let me start to think about how I believe around this stuff. Now, that that goes into a very good point, which is the, what do you believe, right? What do you believe? A lot of those questions are not just uh, uh, intellectual answers. They are based on how you look at the world, how you believe in stuff, what you actually do, how you think about what you do. And here's what they are. I call them the pillars. The pillars are super important. And I'll tell you how I think about the pillars. When someone gives me a question, so I'll bring this to life for you. When someone gives me a question, I actually think about, it's generally in my world, one of three things. Is it, is it a mindset thing? Is it a mechanics thing? Or is it an integration thing? I'll explain. Mindset, mechanics, or integration. And the that's the same way in which my the the book that I'm writing is actually outlined mindset which is the inner game mechanics which are playbooks here's what you do when you want to do something and the integration which is balance how do you actually integrate everything to have a better life a better marriage a better work life relationship a better productivity all of that stuff right and so understanding this is ultra important because if you don't have core pillars on how you run your life, you will not know how to answer most questions. So I'll give you an example. Uh, when you ask Gary, like if, if we could wager and we could guess what are Gary Vaynerchuk's pillars, I, I, I'll tell you. Um, empathy, right? Empathy is everything. Awareness, be kind, hustle. Like he's got some a very, and you know, uh, do the work, right? Like he's like, do a lot of work. That's, that's his thing. So when you have good pillars in how you actually answer questions, it gives you a framework and a model to work from on how you actually answer stuff, right? Uh, the most eloquent and most organized thoughts from people don't come from their visceral responses. It comes from their visceral responses that go through the filter of their model of the world. And for me, I, 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 I'm just giving you my model so you can resonate with it, is my model is mindset. Is it a mindset issue? Is it a mechanics issue? Or is it an integration issue? So let's take someone that's been 
based on when we're recording this now, this person is all on a lot of shows right now. And, you know, um, his name is Tom Bilyeu. Many of you know Tom. I had a chance to be with Tom Bilyeu. And he's a very, very mindset guy. Like all, all of his things are mindset oriented. So he believes that a shift in mindset can give you a new perspective on how you think about things, right? If you take a Grant Cardone, he's got very simple principles. He's like, hey, he's a very money and uh, you know real estate focused guy. He's like, you have to create your own wealth. Uh, your money gets lazy in the bank. And, and he works through that kind of stuff, which is fine, right? But the, the point is he can take any story that's presented to him Hey, do you want to buy a new watch? Great. If you want to buy a new watch, what you need to do is you need to go invest in assets. That assets are going to kick off cash flow. You need to use that cash flow to go buy the watch. And why is he telling you that? Well, most people can never do that, right? Most people can never take, most people can actually afford the watch before they can go buy an asset that can afford the watch, right? It's, it's way easier to spend $400 to buy the watch than it is to go buy an asset for $150,000 that kicks off $400 for them to go buy the watch. Like most people will never do it. It is actually, it's actually kind of quacky, right? It's it's a nice, it sounds really good. Hey, I don't buy luxuries. I don't buy lifestyle. I invest in things and then the investment pays for my lifestyle. That's total crap, right? But for, for the app, it works when you're at a level where you can go buy the asset, but but it doesn't work otherwise. And the interesting part is we get, we listen to it, we understand it, we conceptually understand it, and then we're inspired by it, and then we're like, well, I can't do that, so we just move on. And, and interestingly, that works That works for most, like it happens to most people, even, what I'm trying to tell you is, even if it's not uh, ultimately practical, it is still a model of the world. He sticks to his model of the world every single time. And that's super important, right? If you don't have your model of the world, you don't know you don't have a filter for how you actually take a visceral reaction and and get it out to people. And that's why when someone and you need to pitch an idea or when you need to share your beliefs, it's very hard to do without having to go through a uh, thinking process or or, or pillars. Like just I have I, the the pillars I use. I always tell you this: it's mindset, it's mechanics, or it's integration, which is the inner game or playbooks or balance like it and then sometimes it's all three and I'm e it's easy to talk about but if you don't have those it's very hard to use that as a vehicle to pitch stuff right and that's why this that's why most people don't do very well on interviews because they don't have a model of the world to actually go through and, and have a filter for now um Here's a, here's a very easy, let me give you a very easy way to practice this, right? Uh, the easiest way to practice this is to, um, if you're on Instagram, I, I, like, I like Instagram, but if you're on Instagram, it's kind of the easiest way right now, where what you can do is you can actually go on Instagram, uh, ask a question that says, hey, um, do, you know, ask someone to say, hey, ask me anything I want to say, in, uh, ask me any, anything, right? A lot of people will not do that because they have this uh, identity syndrome of like, who the heck am I to say, ask me anything? I'm not somebody cool that has the answers to everything, so I probably shouldn't say, ask me anything, right? So you can say, hey, um, I've, you know, I've been, it's my, you know, it's my birthday today or it's my birthday this month. Um, I've, you know, I've, in, in, in honor of my birthday, I've been around a few years. Um, I'm thinking a lot about the world. Ask me, you know, ask me any questions and I'd love to compare notes with you. And then put the question answer box, right? You're doing it with a lot of humility. Uh, if you just say, ask me anything, go, that's to that's a total jerk move. Like, who the heck are you? Who the heck is anybody to do that, right? Like, when I see that, I'm like, whatever. But if there's a story behind it, it's good. 
The reason I like doing that is for two reasons. Number one, you get live stuff that's on the mind of people right now that are raw. And if you can answer that, you get to create content around it, which is really good. And number two, you're also dealing with the live questions and you're able to answer it from a thoughtful name. You're, it's, you're not live, so you're able to actually like prepare those answers and do it in writing or do it the video or do it in short form. And you're able to get the practice of actually pitching an idea or sharing a belief that is, is amazing that you would never get anywhere else in a very low stress, low pressure environment. The problem is we think that we can prepare answers. And I'm telling you, you can't prepare answers. You can only practice answers, right? Answers come, questions come, practice answer. Question come, practice answer. Question come, practice answer. Question come. I would tell you I'm probably better at answering you know, the same question today that I am 10 years ago, I may have still had the same framework, but but I'm just tighter at it because I've said it so many times. I can introduce new examples. I can have like new stories and that works really well, but you've got to like practice your answers. And the way you practice your answers, is you get live questions because you don't want to write down questions and be like, oh, what am I going to answer for this? What you want to do is get a live question and answer it live. And the more you do that, the better it is, right? Here's what I do. I actually, uh, one of the things that has really helped me in this process is is I, I keep a note on my phone. Uh, and the note on my phone is about these, I make these mental models or mental frameworks um, that, that help me a lot because it gives me a guide to my thinking. And let me go back to telling you exactly what this is. Remember I told you there were three pillars that I use, mindset, mechanics, integration. The mechanics is all steps, right? three steps to do this, four steps to do that, five things to do this, eight things to do that, whatever. Those steps, like I'll come up with the three steps to do something and then I'll forget, right, that I came up with and then I have to reinvent that. So what I do in my notes on my iPhone, I just have a thing called frameworks and models and I just write it down. If I hear a three ways to grow your business framework for that I hear somewhere else, I'll write it down. I'll just write down my frameworks. I'll write down the frameworks that I've seen everywhere else. Uh, it's, it's a pretty good, uh, you, the cool part is you can start that today. Uh, I wish... I think, I think at some point in time, that little file that I have is going to be worth a lot of money. I'm not ever going to sell it, but it's a, it's frameworks that I've collected over the years that are very personal to me, but, and a lot of my own that I haven't shared with the world, but you can actually start that today. And then in, in like three months, you will have a good collection of frameworks and thought processes to share because you'll now have a container to share them with. And a lot of times people think that, oh, why do I need a framework? I can just kind of like talk through this stuff. Well, the frameworks are for other people to understand and follow you a lot easier. People think that the frameworks are not for you, right? I always think about the frameworks are for me to remember and for them to understand. Say it again. The frameworks are for me to remember and for them to understand. So if I can say, hey, there's three ways to grow your business. It's singularity of focus, cadence of accountability, and good process drive good results. It's for me to remember and for you to understand. You're like, oh, if you resonate with one of those, that's a really good thing, right? That's why the stuff is really, really important. So let me, I, I talked about five things, I have three more. Um, let me recap very high, very quickly, the five quick topics we talked about. Number one, we talked about like, why does Gary Vee and able to answer any question, right? Uh, because he's done this over and over and over and over and over, put himself in a live mode of being able to do that. And when you do that over and over, you get better at it. Number two, I'd say pretend to being on Conan O'Brien, pretend to being on a late night talk show. And so when you get the live question, you get to come up with a live answer and you get to see how you do. And then you take the answer of the guest and you're able to integrate stories, frameworks of that in yours. 
Number three, fall in love with interview shows because when you fall in love with interview shows, you can see, you can hear live podcasts and say, hmm, how would I answer that? That's interesting. What do I think about that? And if you if you don't have a thought about it and if you don't know much about it, you now have a chance to go research as opposed to going down a, a black hole somewhere else, right? Uh, number four, always know your pillars. And, you know, uh, that may be a little hard to come up with, but know your pillars. I've always shared like mine is you know, mindset, mechanics, and integration. To me, I can like literally take any idea and put them through those three filters and come up with some good stories or actionable ideas around it. And number five, uh, ask your audience about, uh, you know, ask your audience in, about Q&A because if they can ask you live stuff, it's a very low pressure way to, to answer that live stuff. Um, here's three more. So we talked about number six, which is keep a note on your phone. Keep a note on, on your phone about frameworks, models, etc. Like I have three ways to grow your business. Uh, the best advice I've ever received. Uh, what should I, you know, like if you're an insurance broker, you'd be like, what are the three things that you need to know before you invest in life insurance? If you're a real estate agent, you should say something like, hey, uh, what are the three things every home buyer should know in today's market? If you're in, uh, in, you know, if you're a coach or a consultant, you should be like, hey, uh, what are the three best results? What are the three things I can do right now to get results in the next 30 days? Like if you can think of that stuff as you, those questions are posed to you, you will come up with good answers right away and you'll able to use your experiences to deliver on those answers, right? All right. Uh, two more really important ones, and then uh, uh, then we'll jam. Two more. Here's one. The rule of three. The rule of three, right? Uh, I remember my managing partner, Goldman Sachs, will always tell me, he says, hey, it's Sharon, it's one, two, three, too many, <laughs> right? One, two, three, too many. And the interesting part is I liked, I remembered that a lot because he said, one, two, three, too many. And I, you'll hear me say that often because after three, for some reason, the human mind can't do and compose more than those thoughts or keep it in a container. So it's great if you can say, if someone asks you a question that says, hey, what should I do uh, you know, to lose weight? And you say, well, there's three things that are super important to lose weight. And number one is sleep really well. Number two is uh, exercise. And number three, is eat right. And the most important thing is to eat right, but let's start with sleeping really well first because it's the easiest to do with the lowest amount of effort. Let me talk about that. Now you're like, okay, cool. At least there's a framework for talking about this and there's a framework for implementing this because then people uh, feel like you took them down a logical path, right? The framework is for, frameworks and models are for you to remember easily and for them to follow your thoughts and understand easily, right? So it's super important to have those frameworks. And I'd say the rule of three is important because if you say there's seven steps in this process, literally they're like, oh my God, there's seven steps. I can't, I can't keep up with this. So even if there's seven steps, make it three big buckets. Hey, there's three big buckets to think about. Sleep, nutrition, and exercise. Uh, let's get to exercise last because abs are built in the kitchen. But abs can't be built in the kitchen unless you actually have energy. So let's talk about your sleep first. So there may be a lot of things inside of the sleep, a lot of things inside of the energy and, and the uh, exercise and the food and a lot of things inside the energy, but it doesn't matter. But at least you've given them three simple containers. So you'll often see me and you'll often see a lot of um, really well-acclaimed speakers use the rule of three because it's way easier for people to remember, way easier for you to remember, and way easier for them to remember. Also, it is easier to come up with random um, acronyms uh, for three letters, right? So, for example, uh, if it's a four-letter acronym, call it the ZRTZ, right? Well, the ZRTZ is weird to remember, but if I told you ZRT, you'd remember that. 
If I told you ZTR, you'd remember that. If I told you TRZ, you remember that. But if I told you TRZT, now you're like, whoa, we're too many, right? So the other part about um, remembering acronyms is that you can, you actually can come up with a non-natural acronym for a three, the rule of three, and it doesn't have to make a word. So it can be FLM, PMP, CRT, A2Z, ATH, you can do that. But if it's more than three, then it, it, it has to like make, have be an English language word or something easy to remember. Otherwise people won't remember, right? So that's the rule of three. All right, let's wrap this all together because I wanted to show you something that was super, super important. And this is how, this is the big answer to the, the question that you were looking for, which is how to pitch your ideas and share your beliefs without offending anybody. And this is the way, time on mic, all right? Time on mic. You can't, is very, well, no belief system issues like that. It is very difficult to actually take your thoughts and your feelings and your ideal ideologies and then just show up one day and be able to talk about it. It's very hard to do that, right? And what will happen is you'll start to feel very scripted when you do that. You'll not be able to insert and be aware of the environment. You'll not be able to like work on the humor. You'll not be able to like pick up any cues, uh, you know, conversational cues or anything like that, which is why the practice is ultra important, right? And that's why I call it time on mic. There is a, like, there's a lot of reasons why the more you're on live shows, the better you're going to do because you just get very comfortable being in the environment. Now, am I, I'm not an expert, but I just have a lot of time on mic, meaning I've done a lot of shows solo like this one i've done a lot of shows interview like i have no idea what questions are going to be asked like when when a podcaster says hey sharon would you like me to send you the questions beforehand i'm like absolutely not i have no interest in looking at them because at that point it allow it doesn't allow me to read the cues it doesn't allow me to be a good steward of those answers to deliver the right answer to that question so i never like to see stuff I don't want any questions beforehand. It also takes away my ability to be spontaneous, to be loving, to be caring, to be energetic on the spot. The way you get that is time on mic. There is no other way. You have to be on more podcasts. You have to be on more interviews. You have to be on more shows. And the only supplement for that is manufacturing your own interview when you don't have it. And how do you do that? Literally, listen to someone else's podcast, hit pause, answer the question that was asked of them. That's how you practice questions that could potentially be asked of you. And the more you do that, the better you get at answering all kinds of questions because it'll allow you to frame your thought process around that, right? So getting interviewed is all about, by the way, people say, well, I sure on, you know, me getting on podcasts, I don't know about that. Like it doesn't do anything for my business. You getting interviewed on a podcast or you getting interviewed on a radio show or you getting interviewed on a Facebook group is all about your personal growth. I don't, to me, being on a podcast is 99% selfless. I'm giving to the other world and their audience and helping them build, but 1% selfish, right? I, I don't, like, I'll get off the podcast and be like, oh, I didn't sell anything. It's okay. I had a 45 minutes of personal growth because someone asked me a question and gave me a chance to reflect. It gave me a chance to answer. It gave me a chance to, like, process my thoughts. The fastest, most efficient way for personal growth is being on an interview. It will pull stuff out of you so fast. So, and, I, and let me explain why. If you are with a coach, what do you think the coach does? The bad coaches tell you what to do. The bad coaches, right? The good coaches will ask a ton of questions to allow you in a safe space 
to think through the questions, the problems, the ideas, and you will provide either the roadblocks or the things that are, and they will help you like look past them, uh, look around the corner, avoid the landmines, etc. because they can see as a co-creator with you that you can't see otherwise. The, the, the whole, when most, what most people struggle with is they go get on this random every once a week coaching call and they talk to their coach and how's it going, report their numbers and you think you're going to get better. You're not because that's just accountability based stuff. You could do that by yourself, right? But, but the problem is what you want is you want this interview like environment to force the, to, to force and manufacture this personal growth to happen. And that's the cool part about this entire process. The more interviews you're on, the more questions people ask of you, the more roundtables you sit in, the more mastermind groups you're a part of, the more Q&A that you see, the more you get to answer this live and the better you get to do, right? That your answer needs to be ultra tight because the tighter your answer gets, the tighter everything else gets in this entire process. Now, I uh, I will always give you three very tactical things to, to wrap this up. Um, and and it, you may say, well, Sean, like, what, what about like this getting on interviews, right? Uh, give me some tips about getting on interviews so that I don't sound crazy. So, for example, the question normally is, what are some interview tips so that I, as the guest, don't sound, <laughs> don't sound amateurish, right? Here's tip number one. Answer the question like it was asked before you insert your own stuff. For example, a lot I see this often, and I'll see this with rookies especially, when they'll get on a show, and a lot of times the interviewer will, will say uh, things like, well, Tron, I, you know, the, I wanted to kick off this interview with a question about, uh, you know, I don't know, about your son's Lego. Why does Neil do Legos that way? Now, the answer that I can give them is one of two things. Let me explain. Most people will go like this. Well, Conan, thank you so much for having me on your show. Actually, that's an interesting question, right? Bad answer. Like, you shouldn't do that. That's, that's an amateurish answer because what? He asked you the question, go to the answer, right? Because you have no idea when they're going to clip that interview, when they're actually going to, what if now he now he can't use that in a clip anywhere else? You've also like literally it spoiled his flow and spoiled the audience's flow. The audience is gripping with that question and now you interrupted their pattern, changed the energy and said to from an inquisitive curiosity energy to a thank you energy. Like never do that. And I've seen people do that a lot, which is, you know, um, they'll, they'll in the beginning, in the middle of the show, they'll say, oh, oh thank you so much for having me. No question is asked you answer the question like that's that's the interview if someone says something like well hey Sharon I can't appreciate you more thank you for being on that's cool you can say hey no thank you for being on I'm here to give thank you for having me on I'm here to give great value and the one thing that I want people to take away is black blank blank uh let's let's get right to it I'm sure you, you have you know we have a great show ahead of us that's cool because now you're answering the question, you're answering the call to action, but answer the question that was posed to you, be in flow with the conversation, don't interrupt the conversation. Big amateur mistake. You will never see, you will never see great leaders ever do that, right? That's number one. Number two, answer in sound bites uh, because the tight, that means that you have a really tight answer to your question. So for example, right? If someone says, hey, Sharon, like what does it take for you uh, I know you started the 5 a.m. club. What does it take for you to wake up in the morning? So I'll give you, I, I'm making up this question. I'd say multiple answers. The first thing I'll say, you know, Conan, uh, waking up at 5 a.m. has got nothing to do with waking up at 5 a.m. It actually has to do with how well you manage how you go to sleep. It's all about the night routine, not about the morning routine. Let me explain. 
If you think about that, now I've literally taken the answer, I fixed it, I've given him a great soundbite around it. He can use it in a show, he can use it in promotions, he can use it uh, anywhere else. The audience is intrigued, they've created curiosity, they've actually answered the question, and I have opened up an explanation loop that I can make him as the interviewer look good, right? Most really bad interviews are, oh yeah, the way I wake up at 5 a.m. is just full, and they just answer the question. The answering the question is dumb. You answer the question to make the, the interviewer look good. You open a loop, an inquisitive loop or curiosity so you can explain it deeper and you can answer it really well. That's the cool part around it, right? So answering in sound bites is really important. And the only way you can learn how to answer in sound bites is if you do a lot of this stuff. The more you do this, the better you win. And you will notice that a, a lot of, and it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be natural. And you'll figure it out the more you talk about it. And I'll give you the last but not least. Here's the third one. And if not, if you took nothing else away from today, take this away. Answer with one of these three things. A fact, a story, or a model. All right? A fact, a story, or a model. And, and here's what I mean by that. Uh, that is called a... It's, it's called an, you know, you're, 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 it's called an authority frame, right? What you're saying is, you know, some people will say, well, hey, Sharon, we'll use the 5 a.m. example. Hey, Sharon, uh, how do you wake up at 5 in the morning? And you can say... Uh, well, it's actually got nothing to do with waking up at 5 a.m. Let me tell you a story where I almost died. Wait, wait, what? What just happened there, right? You're like, it's got nothing to do with 5 a.m., so I've already told him that. And then I've said, let me tell you a story about how I almost just died. Now I've opened the story authority loop. Now I have the ability to talk about that story, whatever story I choose to share. Or I can open with the fact. You can say, if you say, Sharon, how do you wake up at 5 a.m.? And I say, Conan, in fact, Nobody wakes up at 5 a.m. In fact, 92% of the world doesn't wake up until 7.15 a.m. Did you know that? So if you actually woke up at 5 a.m., you have two and a half hours more than the rest of the world, which means over a year, you have, I don't know, 367, you have, you have 750 more hours that's available to you. What would you do if I gave you 750 more hours? That's another, pick a day, right? That's another three months or whatever the math is. Now I establish a fact pattern and I'm able to talk to that. And the third is a model, right? And you can say, hey, Sharon, how do you wake up at 5 a.m.? Well, you can say, hey, Conan, having done this for five years and having created the 5 a.m. club, there's three steps to waking up at 5 a.m. sustainably and still being excited to get up. Here's, here are the three steps, number one, number two, number three. It's a model. So when you go with a fact, a story, or a model, you grip the audience's curiosity. You allow yourself to be a better guest. The host is really excited that they don't have to pull the story out of you. They can uh, um, carry their enthusiasm about the question a little further. Now, three or four things can literally make that whole, make and shape that entire interview and puts you in a really amazing light. You're able to take the audience down uh, uh, an emotional journey, a factual journey, a model-centric journey, and it's really, really helpful that way. And that's why when you get asked a random question on a random interview that you're listening somewhere else, you're like, oh, what model would I use? Oh, I like that story that Will Smith shared. Oh, that's a cool fact that I probably need to use in my presentation. And now you know you have all these, you have this bank of information that you don't have to ever write down anywhere because all that information is tied to that question. So whenever that question comes up, you can literally answer the question with the, either the fact or the story or the model. And it gets very exciting very quickly. Right. So hopefully this this process was helpful where you get a chance to know how to pitch your ideas and share your beliefs with anyone without offending them and the ways to really have time on mic 
And what I was trying to tell you was get more time on mic and the more time on mic that you get either by yourself in the car, by yourself when you're listening to stuff or live in a friendly environment, you'll get better and better and better. It's not a skill that just going to show up one day. It's one of those that uh, you can you can get paid to do. You can be in, enjoy while you get to have some personal growth and uh, being being able to present an idea succinctly, powerfully, thoughtfully, creatively, energetically, enthusiastically is really, really powerful. You want to get to the point where you don't have to prep anymore. That's the best part. And, and I will tell you that until five years ago, I still had to prep. Today, I don't have to prep when I get on an interview. I'm very confident with my models, my stories, etc. I'll go wherever the interviewer goes and I'm, I'm able to, I know that regardless, I'm able to add value. And that's because of a lot of prep with time on mic. Right? So time on mic is really powerful. But remember this, fact, story, model. If you can answer the questions with either a fact, story, or model, it's a good authority frame. And if, once you do that, you can kind of go from there anywhere else. So those were eight ways in which you can figure out how you can actually pitch your ideas or share your beliefs with anyone without offending them. And a key part of that is time on mic. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com dot com.